Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We just had a meeting where we tried to come up with ideas uh, for things to write about Starfield. <laughs> and Okay. We were basically all just like, I don't know, it's just quite, it's quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I like I like Starfield. You guys are just mean. Should have been in the meeting. Should have been in the meeting. Jake. The meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't invited. Welcome, listener, to this, I'm going to say, episode 31 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week not by Nate Crowley, who is doing a spring clean, but uh, I am joined by James Archer, who's just been been away on holiday and a long weekend. How are you, James? I'm good. My, my flat's filthy, so don't, don't you worry. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's good. <laughs> How are you? Filthy is such a. I'm good, yeah. but like thinking about your flat now because it always seems so nice. Oh, in, no. when it's we not have actually, video it's not actually, it, it's not actually like dirt, dirty, filthy. It just has a load of boxes in it. Nah, you. Ju- I right. bet you just clean the sort of ten square feet that we can see behind you. <laughs> oh yeah, in in like a, in like a cone in a cone shape, um, pointing yeah. out, pointing out from the camera. Exactly, like the, a like a cone of vision from a guard in Metal Gear Solid. Yes, and the rest <laughs> is and the rest is just squalor. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, this week we are not talking about Starfield. A lot of stuff happened since we last recorded, and we're going to talk about possibly the least newsworthy one, but the one that I think is the most fun to talk about. So. <laughs> uh, but since we last spoke, listeners, I will briefly mention that Unity, um, the what what's the technical term for Unity? The, the company who own a development software is that right? James Hardware Man. Uh, yeah, more or less. They there you go. <laughs> develop and I guess manage the Unity engine and its licensing. Yeah, so they uh, I'm gonna say a technical term. Shout the bed um, <laughs> by announcing that. Game developers, or you know, the the person responsible for the you know the publishing of the game that uses Unity, will have to pay per download of the game once it reaches a certain number of downloads. Uh, but there was a lot of confusion about exemptions from this, or what counts as a download. Re-download if you if I played a game for a bit, deleted it, and then downloaded it again six months later because I wanted to go back to it does that also count i think yes so we covered that on the website the link is in the show notes 
it's it's been a weird one, I would say, with that. Um, yeah. And yeah, they've kind of they, have, what, they haven't walked it back. They they said they were like I don't know, re rethinking it or something, or wanted to like re probably just re message it. The 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 unity statement they felt I think yesterday or the day before didn't really say. Yeah, this is a mistake. Mm. It was a kind of like "we hear you" kind of statement. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> if you were offended. It... <laughs> in this case, it, in this case, it basically was like "I'm sorry if you were confused." But they didn't but, do anything to to clear up the confusion, and I seem to be doing most of their sort of Q and A about it on in Twitter replies. So it's been a a confusing time. Um, we will, of course, post on rockpapershotgun.com if there are developments to it, but the link to our coverage of that will be in the show notes. And uh, on Monday night our time, very early Monday morning, um, there was uh, w- what uh, our news reporter or news editor, Edwin, uh, <laughs> referred to as an unredacted document oopsie <laughs> uh, to do with <laughs> The U.S. Federal Trade Commission's efforts to stop Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. Um, it seems like it was Microsoft's oopsie, but basically a load of documents were accidentally f- made public, you know, that were, you know, otherwise evidence or supplied to that um, legal process. They accidentally just put a load of stuff online. It's now been taken down again. A lot of funny stuff uh, came out from that. Um, obviously, James, you were away when we were talking about it mostly yesterday at work. But uh, my favorite thing is that Phil Spencer a capitalizes uh, the gaming, as in today, what? gaming is our most likely path to consumer relevance. Capital G gaming, yeah. Did like every time? Yeah. Every instance really of gaming. Weird. Oh, Phil, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, but also that uh, he wants to buy a Nintendo. Good luck with that. That's okay. Yeah, Cause it, he wants cause, to buy a Nintendo because buying Activision is going so well. I know, right? <laughs> so he wants to buy a Nintendo, and then in brackets and Valve, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> was this his letter to Santa? <laughs> Eat shit, Gabe. <laughs> um yeah which is very funny another funny thing i don't think we did a a full story on this in rps but i'll link to i think it was on the verge um they were considering Baldur's gate 3 for xbox um pc game pass majig um they didn't in the end and they described it as like a second run pc thing but they use pc as like a pejorative like that's a reason you wouldn't want to get involved with it i understand that xbox is big for microsoft but presumably windows is big for microsoft as well uh just as a as a pc site that uh that it, it, raised my dander a little it, it, <laughs> second run isn't an insult though right it just means that it's like it has a period of a it was like originally intended to have a exclusivity period on pc slash stadia and then it would have come out on Xbox later. Isn't that what second run means? Yeah, they said Is second that... run Stadia piece, but they said like... I think, it, some people, I think some people are reporting this like it means the same thing as second rate, 
which no, which would, no, which would have been that, like yeah. kind of like stupid, st- funny in a in a dumb way. That would be very yeah, funny. No. But they like yeah, they said Sakuran Stadia, which is yeah. But they they like it being a PC RPG. It felt to me like yeah. that was the that yeah exactly that was the pejorative part of that like not not the second run, um, and then the third third thing is that um, it revealed a plan dated from a 2020 presentation for like the the basically a five year plan. Uh, it's out of date now, obviously, because it has Starfield as projected to come out in, in 2021, but it has a lot of. Um, remakes and remasters and oblivion remaster on there uh they were planning to do starfield dlc in 2022 which presumably means there'll be a starfield dlc next year if they're keeping that sort of yeah uh you know uh plan that that projection up there's a fallout 3 remaster on there there are a couple of elder scrolls expansions there's a ghostwire tokyo sequel which me and james are both yeah i think i I, I take take. any day yeah yeah. Uh, Doom Year Zero is an Indiana Jones game and uh, an unnamed IP licensed IP game, which was for 2024. Um, there are two games that we don't know what they are on there: Project Kestrel and Project Platinum. No idea what those are. Um, and uh, Dishonored Three on there as well. And <laughs> Phil Spencer has sort of tweeted. I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember what he said, really. But he was sort of a bit like, "We're not angry. We're disappointed that you deigned to report and talk about these things that we threw in your lap." <laughs> <laughs> very sad that you that plan's completely out of date, and like it's very disappointing that you would talk about it and discuss it amongst yourselves after we accidentally made it public. <laughs> like, <laughs> look away, like, look away. I can't even. I can't even. Even comprehend remasters of Oblivion and Fallout Three because their like wooden jankiness is so inherent to how yeah. to how I picture them. Like it it doesn't compute in my brain. <laughs> like the idea of Fallout Three like looking nice. <laughs> I know. I th- I think a lot of Bethesda sort of doesn't know why people like Bethesda games. <laughs> sort of like how every like. The owners of social media platforms I've seen discussed in many newsletters I prescribe prescribe to, uh, subscribe to, that social media platforms don't know why people use them. So, like, YouTube keeps trying to pivot to being TikTok, when what YouTube is actually for is now, you know, hour and a half long uh, independently made documentaries. (laughs) Um, And Bethesda being like starfield is the least buggy game ever that doesn't make me want to play it more because <laughs> the bugs that i encountered in it were fun ones they were fucking annoying ones couldn't follow any quests i wanted to anyway we're not actually talking about starfield this week which will be a relief to many not least ourselves um what i wanted to talk about was uh, the Fables creator, whose name is Bill Willigan. Uh, I am aware that there's some sort of controversy about his political views. I don't. I don't know what those are. I apologise if he is bad and wrong. Uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about his decision to make Fables public domain, public property, 
um, which would, in his mind, include all Fable spin-offs and characters, which includes The Wolf Among Us, the video game, the Telltale Games video game, which is getting a sequel next year. The sequel will be unaffected by this, we believe. Um, so, James. <laughs> uh, we, one of the things I wanted to do was to like pitch our ideas for what we do with it. But first of all, let's discuss this. So, uh, DC have shot back and said, no, you haven't made it public domain. <laughs> um, James, it, would you make a Fables property at this time? Uh, not commercially, no. Um, no. Yeah, it's it, it's so strange. In in the blog post, he he seems quite adamant that not only he he alone owns, like I guess you could call it the intellectual property of Fables, but that DC agrees with this stance. Like they agree he is the owner. Um, like he he spelled that out quite plainly in the post, and and then yeah, DC just came back immediately, like no, we don't, no, it's ours. All all characters <laughs> contained therein, despite them being based despite this is a funny thing it's all like based on public domain characters yeah so i guess you i guess you could like make something and just that is like plainly in or based on fables but you can just be like no it's just it's just red, red Riding hood mate just a, just a free bear. right like you just... could just you could make like an urban fairy tale thing yeah like that there's no law against that yeah the, well this but... is but but then like you could still run the risk of getting sued by DC because copyright law is, I suspect, kind of intentionally vague and open to interpretation. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I if there's a, I will say if there's any actual legal basis for what the author has done, and it is like even in the slightest bit accurate and applicable i will say is absolute king shit like, <laughs> it's fucking cool isn't it like, I, I, I i i i do like i i'm also not like fully aware of of, of his political beliefs i think he's like very rapidly pro-israel um i don't know if that's the, i don't know if there are like worse things but i i, I admire the you know the, the the fuck it energy of just being like no okay i give i it's everyone's now. Yeah, I. So his contention is that in his contract he owns the IP, but I don't know how that works. Viz, like, because he says he owns the IP, but he's not allowed to allow anyone apart from DC to like make a film. I think, or you know, certain things like a. Uh, Hmm. a film adaptation or agree to certain things like a video game thing unless it's through dc but his reasoning is if he's the ip owner and then he gives the ip to everyone then everyone will be allowed to okay whoever to make whatever yeah now i'm not sure about that <laughs> um it sort of makes sense <laughs> I guess, but I haven't, I've looked and I haven't seen like any lawyers uh, going in on it yet and saying actually, yes, this is sound or this is not sound. Um, yeah. I don't it's, know. It seems it seemed difficult, like, not, especially not knowing the particulars of the contract or like the deal he has with DC, 
which, which still yeah. which like he hasn't ripped up a contract or anything he's still um subject to to that and and if he's agreed with dc that like dc even if they don't own the property rights they might they might own the rights like the exclusive rights to make stuff based on fables mm. which would which would clash with the concept of you know any anyone being able to do it so yeah. So yeah, if anyone I'm... listening is a is a copyright lawyer or a senior copyright lawyer weigh in on this, then let us know. Email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Um but he says he's done this basically for for over years he feels that um DC Comics have been trying to strong arm the ownership of fables from me. And uh, describing how, in his view, legal negotiators have attempted to subtly recast fables as DC's own property during contract discussions. Um things like that he's just kind of done with them um so uh i'm trying to find the the quote where he says but yeah um he says he can't afford to sue dc over their disagreements um and in any case you know he's 67 but he's decided to take a different approach and fight them in a different arena inspired by the principles of asymmetric warfare <laughs> the one thing in our contract the dc that lawyers can't contest or reinterpret to their own benefit is that i am the sole owner of the intellectual property now they have contested that um uh but he says i can sell it or give it away to whomever i want i choose to give it away to everyone if i couldn't prevent fables from falling into bad hands at least this way this is a way I can arrange that it also falls into many good hands. Since I truly believe there are still more good people in the world than bad ones, I count it as a form of victory. Um, now, the other part of this, it, um, it reflects his uh, stance on trademark and copyright law in the USA, which he says has undergone a radical transformation, his stance on it, in the, uh, in the last few years. The current laws are a mishmash of unethical backroom deals to keep trademarks and copyrights in the hands of large corporations who can largely afford to buy the outcomes they want. In my template for radical reform of these laws, I would like it if any IP is owned by its original creator for up to 20 years from the point of its first publication and then goes into the public domain for any and all to use. However, at any time before that 20-year span bleeds out, you, the IP owner, can sell it to another person or corporate entity who can have exclusive use of it for a maximum of 10 years. That's it. Then it cannot be resold. It goes into the public domain. So at the most, any intellectual property can be kept for exclusive use for up to about 30 years and no longer without exception. So he says his giving away the IP is a reflection of him sort of practicing what he preaches there. What do you think about this 30-year uh, copyright, James? Because it's different in the US and the UK, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, on the one hand, that's just another... <laughs> like weird complication making this all very confusing like how do you enforce yeah. it in different places <sighs> i don't i don't know like this this isn't even like a legally binding document it's just a blog post like there's a no. there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like what's his face in the office declaring bankruptcy but just shouting i declare bankruptcy uh i believe there's a i believe quite complex legal process for actually putting something in public domain um no I, no you just say that you've done it like in the office where michael yeah. declares bankruptcy yeah. <laughs> by shouting i declare bankruptcy yeah apparently well apparently um, according to this guy like <laughs> it is it's i believe uh it's slightly different in the in the UK and U, in the US, but it's I think 
um, 70 years after the author dies, they rotate or like they're, they're... Oh, like it automatically enters public domain. I think so. But there's stuff like, I don't know when Sir Arthur Conan Doyle died, but the uh, owners of the of the, the copyright for Sherlock Holmes have sort of um, argued that they still have copyright over the later works because that's when he starts to have feelings. So <laughs> you can do any sort of public uh, public licensed stuff. Like you can do anything with Sherlock Holmes as long as he's an unfeeling robot. But if your Sherlock Holmes cares for what? people or has like emotions or something, I think, I believe it Is might be. Is this actually changed. what they've said? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, maybe, sure. maybe, we, maybe we can work out a compromise where people are allowed to make fables media, but only if Big B Wolf doesn't have a beard. Maybe. Well, it might actually come down to stuff like that. Like if you call him like Bagby Wolf and, you know. <laughs> Big Bow Wolf. Um, but I'm fairly sure. And then, that, you know, um, Winnie the Pooh. I think some of the characters went into public domain and some of them didn't or something. So that's why you've got that um, horror film that came out where oh, Christopher yeah. Robin went back to the forest and the animals were upset and they'd, you know, eaten some of the animals before they appeared on screen or something. I think I think that was because the copyright was different for different animals. Um, okay. Well, it's, inter- well, it's interesting that the... In that instance, it's interesting that Winnie the Pooh was entered public domain, but someone like, I don't know, who was it? Eeyore or someone. <laughs> like, we want to hold on to that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, I think he probably should have done the legal stuff before writing the blog post if he was going to. This does have the whiff of the I'm angry at 11 p.m kind of vibe to it i've just looked up sorry to i've looked up the sherlock holmes thing so apparently as of this year every story about sherlock holmes penned by sir arthur conan doyle is clearly and completely in the public domain so at the start of this year it changed but um the estate had a very aggressive approach to uh copyright in the um the last sherlock holmes stories which came out in 1927 um so they still had copyright for the the 1927 stories up until the start of this year and they argued a lot that yeah um the the Enola Holmes for example um breached their copyright cause, copyright cuz Sherlock Holmes was emotionally mature in it and infringed his copyright <laughs> uh, which i believe was dismissed but that was the basis on which they argued most of their copyright claims um so but now you can do anything wow. with Sherlock Holmes. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, make him as happy um, as you want. I know. Yeah. I. I it's funny. I because I now have written a creative work, and uh, I don't know how I'd feel about in thirty years' time when I'm presumably, hopefully, still alive. People doing whatever they want with them. Um, but then that's it's kind of always it was ever thus okay. um because uh Anne Rice who wrote the vampire like longing stories interviewed the vampire in that whole series yeah. 
was extremely like she she went after fanfic writers with an unholy vengeance. <laughs> oh, I think I heard if, about this. So, like, you yeah. will see, still see fanfic writers today. All of them, a lot of them, put in like their first you know paragraph or a disclaimer. They'll put like, "I don't own any of these characters." Or whatever, and that is because of Anne Rice. That is her legacy, because <laughs> she she would sue everyone. She would do takedowns. She would go after anyone posting fanfic about her boys. How would you uh, feel? And about, I didn't learn that. How would you feel about uh, Grave Expectations fanfic? I'd feel alright about it. I think there's some stuff where I'd be a bit grossed out by it. If if people went there, but which probably someone would, but at the same time it's fine. Like it's not really diluting <laughs> anything at all. It's fun. People have fun. Do whatever. Don't hurt each other. It's fine. Don't email it to me. But like... <laughs> <laughs> but I would be flattered that people like the characters enough to do that. I think. Um. But yeah, it's a trickier one, isn't it? Uh, but. I think we're both in agreement that we would not make anything fables related. <laughs> uh, however, if uh, we were going to, I think we should pitch pitch our games to each other. Um, so, given that Nate is not here, I my pitch is a an RTS kind of okay. war game. Where you could have different leaders, so you could have Big B Wolf, you could have Snow White, you could have Bluebeard, uh, or some of the horrible ones. Um, you could have the uh, the woodcutter, the woodsman, and they would lead an army, and you could put together your army, and you could generate units. You could have a little unit of frogmen. You could have, uh, you know, Snow yeah. White could have cute animals. Uh, they'd have different buffs, different abilities, and you could go to war uh, on battlefields that have, you know, some verticality because it will be in a city. Uh, I think that would be that would be my pitch. Okay, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, how do you feel about that? Would you play that? <laughs> uh maybe. I, I can, I, I can kind of see it as being quite moberish because. You, you've got these because you've got okay. these not 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 to like not to hijack your pitch. Uh, no, no, go for it. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like the 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 main fables could be like the the hero units, right? Because mm. they're they're these these dudes with fun, crazy abilities. You know, you got turning into a wolf. Uh, you got Rapunzel and her crazy hair. You do. Uh, and yeah, you could. There's, there's probably quite a lot of scope for uh, some fun MOBA ability-based hijinks in that. So yeah, I, I like that. I like, I like, I like, I like the idea of doing it in a city um, rather than just like a big flat plain as well. A field. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be harder though, wouldn't it? Yeah. What? Uh, what would you? What would you do with it? What game would you make with fables? So. I, I am not a I'm not a regular reader of fables, but one detail I like about it, or the lore, I suppose, is that the the f actual fable characters have this like variable immortality based on how popular they are with ordinary people. Mm. So someone like Snow White is almost invulnerable and can resurrect even if she is killed, whereas someone like 
Maid Marion is just this total loser who dies off screen. Because <laughs> she's not as popular Marian. with uh, a, a, a slowly mortals. Anyway, I think, yeah. this, I think this could be the basis of some kind of genre mashup deal, which starts as a social game um, where you're basically this fairy tale shit talker who goes around convincing people that, I don't know, Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk ain't all that. Okay. So yeah, pe- yeah, yeah, yeah. So people stop. So people stop liking them so much. So they get the- so they get less popular, and thus their their power wanes. At which point, it turns into kind of like a hitman type thing, where you stalk, stalk and stalk and kill these asshole versions of children's book characters, having robbed them of their uh, magic powers. That's great. That's way better than mine. That's sort of, there's a little bit of like the Phantom Thieves almost going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so you've got the two the two halves of the game. Who? What do you imagine the levels would be like? Give me a. Imagine I'm in a boardroom. I'm Phil Spencer, <laughs> you're, and you're. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what would a a level be? Would you you know sneak into like I don't know Snow White's house? So. No, it it it'd be more of a more of a larger scale thing. So you could have, uh, again, this is like having to draw on fables locations, which I'm not super aware of. I think it's in New York, right? Is that in New York? Yeah, probably. Yeah, one of yeah. them. <laughs> you could do, I don't know, like ballrooms or bars or uh, theaters. Um, they're probably I. I you can have some which are like in the realm of mortals, and some which are in uh, Fable Town specifically. So they they there are also like other uh, fairy tale mm. characters like wandering around. And then, are you envisaging it being Hitman? Like, are you who are you playing? Are you playing like uh, like a? An assassin who specifically has been hired to kill. Ooh, ooh, and then part of the mystery is like, who's hiring you to kill these people? And are you doing the right thing? And it, what's happening to the children if you know Snow White is killed? Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I thought of that too. No. I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, you're just I'd... like a another. Yeah, I, I'm sure that I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a character in. From folklore, whose thing is like just just being this nasty, nasty little gremlin going around causing trouble. I like that. Could be a literal goblin as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if Hitman ever goes into public domain, it could be actual <laughs> Hitman. Could be Agent Forty Seven. So seventy seventy Ian years Hitman. after IO uh, shuts down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or thirty years, I guess. Who, who's do you have a favorite fairy tale character? Uh, 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 Is that a thing people have? <laughs> not, not in adulthood, personally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is that like when? Who did I like? even before? Uh, I actually, I actually, I said he wasn't all that earlier. I, I, I do recall liking Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, no, not not Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. He seems like a sort of cheeky, chirpy, lovable scamp, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just, you know, I, I, I can relate to his his curiosity about what's up that massive beanstalk. Yeah, 
And also, you know, there's the hero's journey. He He's relatable because who among us has not accidentally sold a cow for some beans? You know, yeah. we've all been there. That's a mistake <laughs> anyone can make. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I asked that question. I don't think I have a favorite. I, I suppose Snow White is quite good. Um, yeah, I had a Snow White doll when I was a kid. Um, I had a Cinderella, and I think they both had like reversible dresses. So that like the Cinderella one, it was could be all rags, and then you could turn it inside out, and it, oh. yeah, it was like a big ball gown. Oh, yeah, good. Lovely. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? Yeah. Um, a favorite of the seven dwarves? Uh, I I've always related quite a lot to to um, the sleepy one. Is he called sleepy or is he called dozy? I can never remember Ooh. because like pantomimes often have to use non Disney copyright infringing names. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Doc. He was a Kino. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't know. Hang on. Can we name them all? This is like trying to... Okay, so there was Doc, Grumpy, Sneezy, Sleepy, Sneezy, Dopey. There's two more. Oh, God. This is like trying to name all the reindeer. Bashful. Okay, there's one more. Dark, grumpy, sleepy, sneezy, don't be bashful. Uh, if <laughs> you know the name of the seventh dwarf, the d- d- podcast at <laughs> rockpapershotgun.com. I bet Nate would, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nate. Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, probably don't do anything with Fable yet, but do do something with Sherlock Holmes, it turns out. God, you can make so many good Sherlock Holmes games. So many terrible ones as well. Can we, can I'm excited we ha- to see what Frogwares does. Maybe maybe we'll have a Sherlock Holmes visits the World of Fables. Or maybe that would be maybe, good. In, in my game, you are stalked by Sherlock Holmes investigating the worms. <gasps> yeah, like yeah. in Deathloop. Yes. There you go, Phil. Oh, that's Send great. it. <laughs> That, do you know in um, Ace Attorney or whatever it was, uh, where there's Herlock Sholmes, that is uh, a, a quirk of copyright stuff because um, Arsène Lupin, the gentleman thief uh, character, the French character, he, um, when it was written originally, there are a couple of things where he runs into like actual Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes is like, my my, you're so clever and whatever. And <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle was basically like, come on, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> So it was changed to Herlock Holmes <laughs> as the merest fig leaf. <laughs> Which I quite like. Just do that, yeah. Just call them like Bagby Bolf and it'll be the same but without a beard. <laughs> I'm unrelated to that other wolf. <laughs> Legally distinct, distinct fairy tale game. Someone make that. Oh, God. Yes, but as far as we know, um, the, the sequel to The Wolf Among Us is being still being developed by New Telltale, The Phoenix Telltale, and will be coming out next year. It was recently delayed to avoid crunch, which is we can always approve yeah. of. 
Um, so, did you like The Wolf Among Us? Did you play it? I did, I did not. I, I, I liked a bunch of Telltale ones. I, I didn't get to Wolf Among Us. I wonder it's how, good. I wonder it's how one it, of the better ones, I think. I wonder how it feels to be like working on that, knowing that the like original creator of your work, of, of you know, the thing you're basing it on, thinks that, yeah. what, thinks that what you're doing is some kind of like low-level evil. Fuck all y'all, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. If you're working on the sequels to The Wolf Among Us 2, which I am excited for, then podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Tell us how you feel. I'm sure you'll be allowed to. <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, unless you are working on that game, I wouldn't start making anything Telltale related. Uh, sorry, The Wolf Among Us related or Fable related or any of that until you've consulted with some expensive lawyers because it seems DC are unhappy about events and possibly writing, I'm giving it away to everyone now, does not count. <laughs> <laughs> Just a blog post. That's not, might not count, might not be legally binding Consult still, more lawyers than th- this guy has yeah, yeah, consult more lawyers than Bill Willingham Maybe he has consulted lawyers, I don't know Anyway, good luck to you if you're making a, a Fables thing <laughs> But we would advise that you don't I guess um, James, I guess we should move on To yes. what we have been playing this week Which is not The Wolf Among Us So I've been playing Titanfall 2. Have you? With which there is something going on. Because last week, uh, it got its first like meaningful multiplayer update in years. And it was mainly okay. just bug fixes and changes to the map playlists. But it also added a new like multiplayer mode, which is just called question mark, question mark, question mark. And the mode, the mode itself isn't anything okay. special. It's just like team deathmatch with preset loadouts. But it is very, like, it's very curious. Meanwhile, the most recent, the most recent Apex Legends patch, um, or includes these three little codes at the end, which someone has decrypted as being the release dates of Titanfall, Titanfall Two, and Apex Legends. So there's this air of like, what are you up to, Respawn Entertainment? What is what, up, indeed? What is, what is up? Um, so yeah, pe- people, people saying like, oh, it could be, it could be Titanfall three. It could be like a big content update for Titanfall two. Um, it would not surprise me if it turned out to be either nothing really, like some minor seventh anniversary mini surprise, or something for Apex rather than Titanfall. Because Titanfall two is you know yeah. old, and Apex is one of EA's like money printing licenses. But, yeah. at the, but at the same time, I I wouldn't really mind if it turned out to be nothing because the current most tangible effect of all of this is that life has been breathed back into Titanfall Two, um, oh, which nice. is which is great. Yeah, I think I had almost as many players online as Overwatch Two did the other day, uh, which is nuts. Um, well, it, is that is that you know is that good for Titanfall Two or is that damning for Overwatch Two? <laughs> Why not both? Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just a really fucking good shooter. Just the oh, the speed and the the dynamism. It's just oh, I I wish I, I I think about it. I wish I was playing it. That's, oh, even like having lovely. played it for on and off like seven years. Oh, it's so. I've good. never played it. I should probably 
You should probably do something about that. Well, there's. Um, I, I would say there's never been a better time. Like the best time was probably our launch, but the, 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 it's it's alive again. There are there are people playing it. You can you can start matchmaking and get into a game without having to wait for twenty minutes. Oh, life life is good. Life is good. But what? <laughs> Titanfall two raises all boats. Or something. I just think it, I just think it makes it, it makes the world a better place when Titanfall is doing well. That's fair. Okay, maybe I'll try Titanfall too. Um, I've been playing a few things this week. Uh, I've been playing Death Bulge: Battle of the Bands, um, which okay. I wrote about the demo for years ago. Now, um, it is based on a webcomic, which I have not read, but I kind of want to. It's an an RPG about a band joining a battle of the bands is cursed and means that you do damage with your music. So it's a it's a battle of the bands to the death. Um, it's very funny. It's very funny. You like run around this weird little world. You kick doors in, like you kick them off their hinges to enter a house. And then when you go inside the house, the door will be like smashed against the wall somewhere. In oh, one of them, brilliant. I destroyed this. Yeah, in one of them, I destroyed this guy's TV. <laughs> and then I got a quest from his mate to give him a new TV. So I set up a new TV and then he just silently kept trying to use the old remote until I put on a channel that he liked. And then he just grinned. Really <laughs> the combat is sort of real time and turn based, um, based on. A, it looks like a, a fretboard at the bottom of the screen and then your character that you are... You can only have one character from your band active at a time and they have they will move along the, the fretboard at a different speed and when they get to the end, then they can do their attack. So you have uh, the bass player is a half-man, half-skeleton. Uh, he really likes fishing. And he moves slowly so he doesn't attack very often, but he is he does absorbs more damage and he can do some some good um what you would call them um damage over time stuff and yeah. uh you know buffs to your team and stuff the drummer is a healer as a support character and then the guitarist is your dps but you can change their sort of music type so you can change the skeleton bass player into a punk and then he will be a sort of thrasher damage dealer and then you can switch okay for yeah you know the the guitarist into a busker and then she'll be more damage absorption tanking so you can switch all that around and it's really fun and it's really really funny it's really good uh i want to write about it more but i've got other stuff on for example yeah. i'm watching the trailer now i love the look of it it looks um, so cool. It's really cute. And the animations are really cool. And it's stuff like that. One of the areas that you go to a lot, like the kind of first big combat area you go to, is called the Tone Wood. And it's a forest where all the trees are really buff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very funny. <laughs> oh. It, uh, how, really how, how strong is like the, the music element? Is it like a much of a rhythm? Uh no, it's not rhythm based. It. Uh, it's not rhythm based at all. But it's it's the background music is pretty good actually, and different areas have different background music that I enjoy and uh, get stuck in my head. But the, it's not a rhythm action game at all. Mm -hmm. So if if that's your angle, then no. 
but it's it's but more it is, like but it is a good RPG. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. it's very fun. Uh, and I've been playing Fay Farm, which I'm going to write about hopefully this week, which is a Stardew Valley like. It's a bit easier in some ways, and then a little bit more complex than others. I've been enjoying it. It's much quicker to get a sort of small holding going and have like a little farm uh, and and make progress in in the dungeon and stuff than it is in Stardew Valley. Right. But uh, it's fun. It's good. It's 3D and it's a little bit fantasy. So you don't have hens. You have like fluffer balls or whatever, but they still lay eggs. So Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But I've been enjoying it. I've planted a load of turnips and then I've made uh, vegetable juice from it. And uh, you go around collecting recipes for like new stuff for your house by finding them in the world and things there's some sort of wizard there's fishing it's it's Stardew valley but you know slightly different and yeah slightly easier to get going i think okay but uh yeah so that i've been enjoying that uh and then i can talk about it now because as this podcast will hopefully go live the embargo is lifted but i've been playing a bit of payday 3 i haven't played very much oh at really time of recording okay. yeah what do you think Give me the scoop. It's like As a, it's like it's like fade. <laughs> we've got codes, James. I'm we? telling you this live, but yeah, we've got an extra. Ask ask Catherine. Oh the shit! Yeah, I've been yeah. I've been away. Yes, I I I was a big Payday Two fan. Um, have been feeling like I like I guess interested in Payday Three, but hard to get like fully excited about it just because it it looks yeah. so much like Payday Two. It's. So, I didn't pay loads of Payday Two, um, but it. I wouldn't say it's reinventing the wheel, but it is. In like compared to like Crime Boss Rock A City, it's a fucking <laughs> nine hundred pound, you know, monster truck tire. Like it's. Um, the thing is added is it, it says like you know, hostage management is now a really important part of the thing. It's not. No, no. It, it doesn't look like it is. <laughs> no, I did the, a very funny thing because you have hostages and you can use them as human shields or you can trade them for resources. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. Press X to trade hostage for resource. Uh, and then the woman just should, uh, stood up and then it looked like she shat out a med pack because it just appeared. <laughs> <over>. <laughs> Which was a bit rubbish. I was hoping for like a better resource. I didn't need a med pack. But I've not paid loads of it, but I would say it seems basically like Payday 2. It's not massively more exciting. But if you want to play something Payday E, then that's what you would go Probably for. Best, I, be- I would say. Crime boss, yeah. Yes. Have you tried um I mean yeah. Have you have you tried doing any like sneaky sneaky type heists? No, I haven't yet, because I've at the moment I've not played loads and yeah, the servers aren't hugely populated because it's pre pre go i guess yeah um so i've just i've mostly loaded into heists where people have already started started the heisting almost yeah um okay yes but uh, it's it's all right yeah it's fine <laughs> um i just i wouldn't like to make a big judgment on it cuz i haven't played very much of it at all but it just seems like uh that yeah, it's like it's like payday two, More payday. but a bit. Okay. You know. Yeah. Oh, I, I still, I, I still don't know if that's like reassuring or disappointing to me because 
I like I probably like I probably could load up Payday two right now and have a like a decent time on it. But it's at the same time it's been like nearly nearly a decade since Payday yeah, it's two. Yeah, ten years old now. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I guess there was more. I guess there was more to show for that in Payday Three. Mm. But again, I I haven't played it because I didn't know there were codes. So, God. Well, no codes. Not invited to the Starfield meeting. Well, this <laughs> you should never take holiday. I <laughs> suppose <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you if you. Because there may be some people listening to this who didn't not play Payday Two at all, but it was and is a sort of match making, you know, match based heist game where you play a gang of criminals and you go to a bank or whatever, case the bank, uh, and then at a certain point you just put on your clown masks and you know start start stealing stuff, and a load of cops come and you shoot them all. Uh, and then you get get away. That's the the aim is to get away without dying. Yeah. Basically, it's 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 supposed to be a kind of like thing where you can either like attempt to do it quite like st- stealth the heist by like basically getting all the hostages to be quiet and then very like very quietly taking out any guards there might be and then getting in and out before like anyone has a chance to call the police. Um, but ha- doing that is like so difficult and also kind of like fiddly and finicky mm. like it is I'm, I'm fairly sure like some a lot of people in payday 2 just see through walls so they could like <laughs> they could magically know if a crime was happening out on the street um yeah and then call the police and then it just descends into a massive like 15 minute heat firefight which is also which is also good like payday 2 actually had like quite good gunplay um i don't i don't know what's like in payday 3 but, it's fine. It's pretty good. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. So I was I was kind of hoping like they might like refine the stealthing more. But yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot make a judgment hugely okay. on that yet. Well, I will well, get back to you. Well, but I'd be we'll interested in you. Joe, James, you just write the review for me. Cause oh, well. Uh, you're uh, a uh, big fan of that. <laughs> 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 anyway. Uh, Let's move on. Is it a good day to wear hard, James? It's a, it's a reasonable day to wear hard. So last week I talked about the Lenovo Legion Go, and a few mm. hours a few hours after recording that, um, I actually went to uh, go try it out, and uh, broke it. I saw <laughs> that. Yeah, I did. Maybe it, so maybe tell us. slightly. <laughs> So tell us, James, what happened. So, as a, uh, just a reminder, the the Lenovo, uh, the Lenovo Legion Go is uh, it's like Lenovo's Steam Deck slash Asus ROG Ally competitor. It is a handheld, Windows-based uh, gaming PC. Uh, except this one is also a bit like the Switch in that it has two detachable controllers on either side, so you can either plop plop the screen down and then just play with the controllers, or its party trick is that the right controller has a mouse sensor in the bottom and you can like stick that into this like little upright mount and then drag it around basically using it as a mouse uh which is very cool and something i was very eager to eager to try out so basically almost as soon as i got it um in my hands i played like a bit of rocket league uh using the controllers attached 
and then thought, okay, I'll now I'll now try this with the mouse, you know, controls. Ugh. So I just so I just like yeah, just pulled the pulled the right controller yeah. off, um, waited for it to reconnect, and it just never did. Um, oh no! So we we were like, no, no, I I was like internally panicking. Um, the the people around me, including like the Lenovo representatives, were all very like calm and polite and patient. Uh, probably more so than I would have been in uh, in the situation. But they were all trying to like reattach it and restart it, trying to get the this right controller to work again. Um, but it just it it never did. Uh, so okay. yes, that was that was that quite boats. embarrassing. Well, yeah, and um, I actually it, it was kind of like a drop in a drop in session. So they they had they they rocked up with this with the Lenovo Legion Go and I think yeah other journalists were coming in and out over the course of the afternoon to try it out and I booked in like the the very first possible slot so <laughs> I, I think what I also did in addition to maybe breaking this uh I, I should say uh, important context this was a pre-release like production or, or even like pre-production model mm. um so it wasn't like it wasn't the finished article. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, what I what I think I did besides messing this up was also messing it up for all, all of the other journalists who wanted to come try it out, because like I was I was reading some other some other outlets previews like um, PC Games N did one and the Mirror did one, and they were all saying like, unfortunately, we couldn't play any games because the right controller didn't work. I was like, "Oh God, that was me." <laughs> James, you, know, like, you single-handedly ruined the preview cycle for the Lenovo Go. I know, I know. Like, imagine if when Starfield code came in. Well, not not for us, for the the places that Bethesda likes. But <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if Starfield came in and and someone like. In 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 launching the game, somehow corrupted the source code repository for Starfield. Oh my goodness! Oh god, oh, that's very good. So yeah, that was that was very. Uh, apologies if you're a gaming or tech journalist and you had your Lenovo Legion Go preview uh, last week spoiled slightly. Um, <laughs> that that was me. My bad, from the bottom of my heart. Um. For what for what it's oh, worth dude. though, for the few for the few minutes I was using it before I broke it, I actually really liked it. Um, it's not well, that's as good. that's just some comfort. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as um, like it's quite well made. Uh, it's not it is big, but it's not as heavy, maybe as you'd think mm. it was. Um, like you you still couldn't fit it in like a coat pocket or something. Um, but it's yeah. not it's not like. I don't think it's I don't think it's unreasonable to get out on you know like a plane or a train or something. Okay, um, that's good because that was the main thing I that puts me off stuff like that because it just looks so yeah weighty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've I, I did try the mouse out um, just in Windows for a bit. Um, I it was only yeah. like during the game where it stopped functioning, um, and that's that I think is an improvement. Just being able to navigate Windows with uh, like an input that Windows was designed to be navigated with, because mm. that that was a bit of an issue on the Rog Ally because it didn't have 
Uh, it didn't have any kind of like uh, trackpad, and it definitely didn't have a built-in mouse. So the only way mm. to get around Windows is to basically like either use the left thumbstick, which just feels like weird and imprecise, or the touchscreen, which Ooh, yeah. trying to trying to poke your way around like Windows Explorer um, on a seven-inch touchscreen is tri- is tricky work, especially if you have like big rat-versed fingers like I have. So uh, yeah, having a having a mouse, I think, would be definitely definitely helpful. Like I'm I'm super keen to get one get one that works and try <laughs> and try that out and yeah, see more of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And then hopefully next time you won't break it. Imagine if it was the only one they had. Oh, Imagine if you broke the prototype that was the the only one the first one yeah in that case i don't think they'd be so chill about it as they were i did i did break maybe the only Uh, one uh maybe the only model of that in um the uk okay well maybe i mean it's very funny (laughs) (laughs) apologies again (laughs) if you've been affected by my idiocy (laughs) But actually, to, to be fair, like it, I I don't think I did anything like untoward. Like I didn't, I didn't wrench the controller out of the out of its socket, like in the wrong way. It just you used it as it was intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I, I I think yeah. if and it, and it and it was like an unfinished like semi semi prototype. So if yeah, it, it like jokes aside, it probably could have happened to anyone. Um, but it happened to me, so. I'll, I'll 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 take the blame. <laughs> oh dear. All right, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need. This was episode thirty-one, and thank you so much for listening. All that remains now is for some recommendations, because every week, every week, we recommend something that is not a video game. So, James, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm recommending Chipsell, which is who, well, sorry, who is a chiptune musician. Uh, makes super fun, upbeat electronic music. May already be familiar to RPS readers because she did the soundtracks for Super Hexagon and Dicey Dungeons oh. uh, by Terry Cavanna. Uh, but I have only recently learned of her because I went to a 65 Days of Static gig on Monday, and she was the opening act. Uh, and she was great. Uh, super energetic, very f- uh, like very fun, vaguely danceable music. Uh, and she uses... I'm not, I'm not sure how, but she uses uh, Game Boys as like an instrument. Ooh. So it's like... Uh, like the, uh, there, there is a, there's an a authentic uh, bit of, you know, gamey, beepy noiseness. Noiseness? That's not a word. Uh, in... In her in her in her music, which uh, yeah, just super super fun. Okay, that's a, okay. I'll take that. Um, I am going to recommend the uh, new series of Takeshi's Castle, which I what? think might be. <laughs> There's a new series of Takeshi's Castle. There is what? James. Thank you very much for that feed line. Uh, it's on. I think on Amazon. On Amazon. Um, but you may be able to stream it elsewhere, of course. Uh, it is uh, the 
English language um, commentary this time is Ramos Ranganathan and Tom are the huge, tall, huge comedian um, who d- does um, the Murderville um, or Murder and Successful. Um, anyway, it's very funny. Very funny. Uh, the games themselves are as impossible as ever they've got like some original people back they've got like a bunch of ninja warrior competitors which in japan is called sasuke and they've got mr sasuke who's just a guy who's famous for not being very good at ninja warrior but coming back for 30 years anyway but yeah it's very good i didn't know you were a a big takeshi's castle fan james yeah yeah that was very very often on in the uh archer household in the mid-2000s a shame Craig Charles isn't isn't doing it. Um, but I'm 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 going to give I'm going to give these these two new chaps a fair shake. <laughs> it's good. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it. And the the games are ridiculous. But um, yeah, that will just about do us. I think. So uh, until next week, when we'll hopefully have Nate back as well. It's goodbye from me. Alice Bell, and it is goodbye from you, James Archer. Although I suppose I should do all the gubbins I normally do, which is that you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok by searching for Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, I don't know if we're doing Blue Sky or or whatever. I'll update (laughs) you on that. But for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. I'll see you next week, James. Bye. Bye, Alice. And bye to the the listeners. Ah, they're fun. (laughs) 